In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Sometimes when you look at different rivers, you will find these different rivers has different colors. For example, some rivers attached to Amazon River, the Madeira is white. The Rio Negro is black, and so on. Why is the difference in color between different rivers? Why? What do you think? It's not uh, geology or just think about it. why. Hmm? The ground. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. The water when they carry certain particles or certain ground it gives us the different color. For example, the Madeira is called White River because its water carry fine clay particles. That's why it looks like white. The black color of Rio Negro because there is decaying organic material picked up when it passes. These rivers are colored by the substances picked up as they flow. In the same way, our thoughts are colored by the material that our thoughts are carrying while they are flowing. Some rivers, for example, are sluggish through low places, and you find the water is dirty and full of debris. Other rivers actually flow from high places and you can see the current is strong and usually the water comes from high places, furnish electricity and great ships can sail upon them. We need to ask ourselves, where do the streams of our thoughts flow? What fills and colors our thoughts? Because our thoughts are influenced by the world around us. Would you drink water that's dirty? Definitely not. Then why we put in our minds impure ideas or impure thoughts? Many times God spoke about us human beings as vessels in the Old Testament. Why we cannot keep our vessels pure and clean? The Lord told us, you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you. Can we expect that the Spirit of God dwell in an unclean vessel? You cannot have unclean vessel with the Spirit of God. And the opposite is true. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the unclean ideas or impure thoughts cannot dwell inside us. So every time we are polluted with unclean ideas or impure thoughts, we need to cleanse them in repentance and in confession. So our vessel will be clean all the time. 
Unfortunately now, the world is filled with satanic influence. We are exposed to suggestive material in advertisement, in plays, in music, in movies, in magazine, in television, social media. Crime, violence, perversion, profanity, pornography, sensual music are portrayed as acceptable and even desirable. And that's why unclean thoughts come more easily if our mind are not protected and not prepared to resist all this influence. So the question here, what evil influence do you encounter in your life? And how can you keep your thoughts pure when you are surrounded by such influences? That's what will I try to answer at the end of this lecture. But the first point I want to highlight is our thoughts are influenced by the world around us. What you see, what you hear, what you read, what you watch, what you discuss, this actually will influence our thought. The second point I like to highlight is our thoughts influence our actions. So as our thoughts are influenced by the world around us, our thoughts actually mandate our action. An idea can be very powerful. First comes as thought, then dwells in my mind, then it will turn into act. Any action starts where in your mind. If you don't accept the action in your mind, you will never do it in real life. We do what we think of doing. Whether we plan to do good or evil, the plan and the act begins in the mind. If you accept it in your mind, the idea, okay, I may try drugs one time. Then if somebody offered you drugs, you will take it. But if in your mind you said, I will never ever touch drugs, no matter what, then if you are offered drugs, you will never take it. Here, actually, the idea starts in your mind. That's why when somebody comes in confession and blames circumstances or blames others for his fall, I will tell him, no, you must have accepted this in your mind. Then when the opportunity was there, that's why you fell. You cannot blame others. You accepted the idea in your mind. Then when the opportunity comes, the person falls. That's what exactly Satan did with Adam and Eve. By the way, Satan has three titles. Very important to know these three titles. The deceiver, the tempter, the accuser. Deceiver, he plays with our mind to make us believe a lie. That's deception. He played with the mind of Eve. To make her believe that it's okay to eat from this forbidden tree. It will not hurt her. You shall surely not die. And she accepted the idea. Satan did not give her the fruit first. But he played with her mind first. After she accepted the idea, why not? 
Then he let her to see the fruit. Then she was tempted. Temptation. He is a tempter. So start by deceiving, then tempting. Then the accusation. He accuses us day and night before God. Look, your children, how they are living their life. So he is the one who deceived us. And he is the one who tempting us. Then he is the one who accuses us. We need to protect our mind. Because as I told you, this is the first step. And our thoughts actually influence our action. If you have clean thoughts, if you think of love, temperance, helpful, cheerfulness, then your character will be developed to acquire all these attributes. But if you think about selfishness, harboring ill will against your friends, thinking of some opportunity to gratify appetite, like by smoking or drinking, this will make you commit these things. That's why in Philippians chapter 4, St. Paul said about our thoughts, he told us, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That what should occupy our mind, our thoughts, what's true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtue, praiseworthy. When we think and dwell on these things, our character will be developed. Tell me what you think about, and I will tell you what you are. Our responsibility to keep our thoughts pure, then our actions will be according to our thoughts. Thoughts are the tools with which we shape our character. If you want to improve your character, think about what is godly. One of the beautiful verses in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. That's Proverbs 23, verse 7. As what you think in your heart, that's who you are. Because your thoughts influence your actions. So number one, the world around us influence our thoughts. Number two, thoughts influence our actions. Number three, how can manage and control our thoughts? All of us actually, we struggle with this. How can I control my thoughts? Sometimes when we are praying, all of us, including myself, we are distracting during prayer. And one of the common questions, how can we control my thoughts? There is a person who let thoughts control him. And there is another person who is in control of his thoughts. We have actually the power within ourselves to control our thoughts. We can choose not to be led by bad thoughts. 
Our mind has the ability to absorb wisdom and knowledge and also to absorb evil and negative. We need to control our thoughts. Don't be at the mercy of your thoughts. If you can control your thoughts, then you can control your habits. Even if you have a bad habit for a long time, if you control your thoughts, you can control your habits. And thanks be to God that he gave us the Holy Spirit, the helper. And the Holy Spirit helps us to control our thoughts. As the Lord told us in John chapter 14, verse 26, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Teach you and bring to remembrance, then the Holy Spirit can work on my thoughts. He can teach me. So I need to surrender and to submit to the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, it will be a challenge to control your thoughts. And in practical terms, I will give you 12 points to help you to control your thoughts. And take these 12 points as exercise. Exercise them. Practice them in order to control your thoughts. And once you control your thoughts, you can control your actions and your habits. Number one, don't be afraid of thoughts. Don't assume that you will be defeated in front of the thoughts. You cannot control your thoughts. No. Rather, say with St. Paul the Apostle, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. We are slaves to what we fear. We are slaves to what we are afraid of. If you say, these thoughts obsess me, I cannot overcome them, then you are setting yourself up to failure. But if you say, through the grace of God, I will defeat these bad thoughts, I will triumph over them. As St. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, beautiful verse, he said, capturing every thought to the obedience of Christ. So any thought enter my mind, I'll take it as a captive to the obedience of Christ. Capturing every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we need to persevere in fighting against thoughts. Be strong. Don't be defeated. Even if the thoughts start coming back, coming back, coming back, ask the grace of God to be with you and you will defeat the thought. That's number one. Don't be afraid. Number two, train yourself to lead your thoughts. Don't let thoughts lead you. Sometimes we are at the mercy of thoughts. One thought takes me right, one thought takes me left. But don't be at the mercy of your thought. If that is you, and then there is an oppressing thought taking you in this direction. You need to find like another magnet, powerful magnet, to take you in the opposite direction. 
What is the other magnet that can take you in the opposite direction? Few weeks ago, kid, I had a thought that actually took hold of me for some time. And at the end, I said, no, I'm not going to be at the mercy of this thought. I decided to listen to a powerful sermon to take me away because once I'm engaged with this sermon, خلاص, this thought has no control over me. That's a training. You need to train yourself. Train yourself to lead your thoughts, to be in control of your thoughts. Definitely anything in these 12 steps by the grace of God. So train yourself to lead your thoughts. Don't let thoughts lead you. Number three, as I said, world around us influence my thought. So number three, fill your mind constantly with something spiritual. So when the devil comes to you with a bad thought, he will not find your mind free for it. Because your thought is preoccupied with spiritual material. It's like the memory of your phone or your computer. If the memory is full, you cannot put something in. So if the memory of my mind is full with the spiritual things, Satan cannot plant any tears in my mind. It's a preventive measure. Don't leave your mind in vacuum. Because if there is nothing in your mind, the devil will occupy it. And he will plant in your mind whatever the devil wants. Bob Shenouda used to say, memorize psalms and the psalm will protect you. Why? Because when your mind is full of psalms, full of prayers, full of godly meditation, full of story of sins, then city cannot plant anything. But if your mind is void of spiritual material, it's very easy for Satan to plant something in your mind. That's why spiritual reading is very useful. Unfortunately, this generation doesn't read. How many hours you read? Sometimes all our reading is what is on the social media, and you know better than me what's in the social media. So this will fill your mind. This is stuff, what fills your mind? Actually, spiritual reading is beneficial not only in occupying your mind and preventing bad thoughts, but also spiritual reading has a positive benefit because it gives the thought spiritual material for contemplation and it gives the heart feeling for loving God. And the feeling of loving God will be actually a great weapon in expelling the bad thoughts. Spend time in reading. Spend the time in listening to sermons. Don't waste hours and hours videos and materials and pictures on, on social media. That's wasting your time and mind. All this will fill your mind. That's why no wonder any bad thought can be planted easily in your mind. Number four, be constantly alert, watchful over the purity of your heart and your mind so that the wrong thought 
does not enter in your mind or in your heart without noticing. Like having an alarm system in you, over your heart and your mind. Be watchful. Last Wednesday is a gospel ended by this word. What I say to all I say to you, watch. You need to be watchful. And once any negative or bad thought comes to your mind, expel it from the beginning. While the thought is still weak and you are still strong. Because the more the thought dwells in your mind, the weaker you become and the stronger the thought will be. If you let the wrong thoughts linger in your mind for a while, they will soon establish their presence and gain strength over you. And the more it continues in your mind and settles inside you, the weaker you become and you cannot resist it and you will fall. So be alert and be quick to drive out bad thoughts. Remember what David said in Psalm 137, O wretched daughter of Babylon, blessed is he who seizes your children and buries them at the rock. What's Babylon? Babylon is the land of captivity. It is the bad habits that I'm enslaved to. It is the evil that I'm enslaved to. David is saying, Blessed is he who catches your children. What are the children? The thoughts, the sin when they are small, at their beginning, before they develop. So he said, Blessed is he who seizes your children, these thoughts, while they are small, and buries them at the rock. What is the rock? The rock is Christ, as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. So we need to take these thoughts and bury them at the rock at Christ. Hold a cross in your hand and say, I renounce you, Satan, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Make a sign of the cross in your forehead and say, My Lord Jesus Christ, sanctify me. My Lord Jesus Christ, purify my thoughts. You need to fight the good fight. That's how you bury them at the rock of Jesus Christ. Number five. Try to develop this spiritual virtue that is called shyness of thoughts. What do you mean shyness of thoughts? When you, you are shy or you are embarrassed, you will not do certain things just because you are embarrassed to do them. For example, many things we, we cannot do it in presence of our parents or in presence of Abuna. For example, if you are smoking, you will be very embarrassed to smoke in front of Abuna. So here, when your thoughts are shy because of the presence of God, then you will not fall into certain sins. When your mind is attached to God in prayer, in meditation, in a loving relationship, in praise, in chanting, at that point, the mind will be shy 
because it's attached to God. So the mind will be shy from being occupied with thoughts of sin. The mind will reject them. And this is a spiritual remedy. Preoccupied with the fear of God can be a preventive measure against sinful thoughts. I will be embarrassed to accept these thoughts in the presence of God if I feel his presence. As Joseph said, how can I commit this great wickedness and sin against God? He felt the presence of God. That's why he was ashamed, embarrassed, shy to commit this great wickedness in the presence of God. Number six, stay away from any offenses that bring you wrong thoughts. Stay away from temptation. Stay away from readings or watching things that bring up profane thoughts. Or at least anything that discourages you from spiritual thought or spiritual thinking. Stay away from any conversation on any resemblance of evil. The Lord said, Every idle word you will give account before God. Sometimes we say we can flirt with thoughts or with sins, but I have my limit. I will not fall. You are deceiving yourselves. If you start flirting with sin or with thoughts, you will fall. You need completely to abandon any resemblance of evil. Number seven. What are the gates of your mind? The senses. Senses are the gates of thought. Then, if you keep your senses pure, you will have pure thoughts. But, if you don't protect your senses, what you hear, what you touch, what you listen, then unfortunately you are fighting yourself by yourself. You are using your senses to fight your mind. A wise person will make his senses to fight for him, not against him. Why when we enter the church we have icons around us. We listen to hymns. And we smell the incense. Because this will purify our senses. So it will put us in the mood of prayer. When you pray in your house, try to have icon in front of you, a candle, and then hold a cross in your hand and try to pray. And then try to put a picture of one of the actors or actresses or one of the movie trails or whatever and try to pray and see which one will help you to pray more. Definitely, when there is a godly atmosphere, this will help you to concentrate and your thoughts will be holy. Sometimes when I visit houses 
and I will bless the house, and I enter rooms to bless them, I don't find an icon. I find cards, pictures of players, football players, or soccer players, actresses and actors. And I wonder how the person with all these images around him can keep his thoughts pure and clean. It's different than you have icons all around you, crosses all around you. Then even if you are tempted in your own bedroom, you will be embarrassed from the saints around you. This will remind you that God is watching over you. Number eight. Beware of thoughts that are not good nor evil. Satan is very smart. He will not actually come to you and tell you, go and steal. Because we know stealing is sin. But he will bring you an idea that's not good or not evil. And make you accept it. And then gradually, on the slippery slope, he will take you into the evil and the sin itself. For example, you can start a pure and innocent relationship. And you say, it's just friendship. And then Satan takes you in this friendship, step by step, step by step, into the slippery slope. Be careful. Usually, this is like a precursor to wrong idea. And the one who does not control his thoughts, but rather leaves any thought or idea wandering in his mind, then the thought may settle on a wrong topic. And this actually can lead him through slippery slope to actual sin. That's why all the time make your thought dwell on God, on a useful subject. Maybe work, studies, service, responsibility. But don't let your thoughts wander in useless matters. In useless matters. Number nine. If you try to control your thought, but still the thought is so persistent, and you cannot overcome it, and you are tired of it, then run away from the thought by talking to people. Even when you are in a retreat or solitude, leave your retreat or solitude and mingle with others. Because when you talk with people, this will expel the wrong thought from you. If you are talking with your friend, then you cannot have a wrong thought in your mind. Because your mind cannot be preoccupied with the thought and at the same time the conversation with your friend. Of course, you need to choose a godly friend to talk about godly stuff. But if you, the idea came, but I'm in retreat right now. Retreat is, in its spiritual sense, a solitude with God. But if retreat turns to be solitude with evil thoughts, it's better 
to leave the retreat and go and talk to people, to distract the thought. So one of the very effective things, distract the thought. Make a phone call, talk with somebody. Not about the, the thought, but talk about anything else. School, studies, something spiritual. Distract the thought. So the thought cannot make nest in your mind. Number 10, expel the thought through prayer. In the fraction for standards days, a bonus is in the fraction, every thought that's not pleasing to your goodness, may it be far from us. Get on your knees and say to the Lord, I am tired of these thoughts. Purify me, cleanse me. Every thought that's not pleasing to your goodness, may it be far from us. Ask St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Mark to intercede on your behalf. Renounce Satan in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I renounce you, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ. Pray. Number 11, don't dialogue or have a conversation with the thought. It's better to escape and run away from thoughts than fighting them or dialoguing with them. For the evil thought that preoccupies your mind, even if you overcome later on, but it already polluted your mind. For example, if you allow the thought to come to your mind and then start to discuss it, no, that's wrong. But the evil thought itself, because it dwells some time in your mind, it polluted your mind. For example, if somebody is trying to convince you to use drugs, for example, say no and leave. But if you start talking with you, with him, he may just present some ideas that will disturb you and will fight you back. Even if at the end of the conversation you told him no. But if he tell you something like, but there are many scientific research says that uh, this drug or marijuana is good for your health. So maybe after you end the conversation and you told him no, then Satan will come and bring this idea. Maybe what he said is true. So we'll bring you another idea. Go and search it on the internet. And then the first research comes to your mind, the benefit of marijuana. Oh, he's right. And then you start reading it. This actually will pollute your mind. That's why the Lord said, let your no be no. Let your yes be yes. There is no time to discuss or to argue. Don't deceive yourself by saying, I will see how the thought progresses and how it ends, even out of curiosity. Because you absolutely know that this thought will hurt you. You don't need to dialogue to know the result. Don't say, I can defeat the thoughts, but I will discuss it to show their weakness, the weakness of the thought. Perhaps the thought will overwhelm you. They are the one who will show you that you are weak. And why you waste your energy 
and fighting the thoughts, just distracted them. Occupy your mind with something pure and sacred, which will strengthen your spiritual life and increase your zeal instead of these fights that will do you no good but harm you. If somebody comes to you and tells you, I need to take all your money, are you going to discuss with him why it is not right that he will take your money? Or just you're going to push him away or call the police for him? In the same way, don't if Satan comes to use an idea to steal your peace, to steal your joy, to steal your purity. Don't discuss it with him. Sometimes Satan plants an idea that takes your joy away from you, takes your peace, makes you anxious. And it starts with hypo. What if this happened? And then you became very, very troubled. Because what if the Lord told us don't worry about the morrow? It is sufficient for the day to worry about itself. The last point, number 12. Know also that thoughts, if they continue, thoughts will turn into desire. And desire are more dangerous. Why? Thoughts are in the mind. Desires are in the heart. So when the thought changes into a desire, then your heart and your mind both are controlling you. Now the thought traveled from the mind to heart, from just a thought to emotions, which will be a challenge to overcome. The more the thought dwells, the more it will become a desire, an emotion, And in this way, actually, it will be very difficult, I'm not saying impossible, but to overcome. We said that our thoughts are influenced by the world around us. Number two, our thoughts influence our actions and our desires. Number three, we can, through the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can control our thoughts. Don't let the thoughts lead you, but you lead your thoughts. And number four, we mentioned 12 points to help you to overcome your thoughts. The last point, that revealing your thoughts will weaken its strength. Exposing your thoughts will weaken its strength. Sometimes when I hide a thought, I'm not exposing it. It takes control of me. Actually controls my emotions, control my mind. If there is a thought controlling you, go and expose it to Abuna. Even if you don't fall in sin, but tell him I am tempted to use drugs. I am tempted to watch pornography. I am tempted. These thoughts actually coming to my mind a lot. Just exposing the thought will weaken the strength of the thought. Satan will tell you, as long as you did not fall in sin, there is no need to mention it. But this one of the deception, because it is a very well-known spiritual rule, 
When we expose our thoughts, then the thought will be weak and you can actually defeat it easily. So don't hide your thoughts, especially in confession. Be clear and be transparent with your spiritual father. At least he will pray with you. At least he will support you with his prayer. You will get victory over the thoughts. All of us, all of us, we are fought with thoughts all the time. Either thoughts of judgment, either thoughts of evil thoughts, impure thoughts, envy, jealousy, many, many different thoughts. But through the grace of God, we can purify our thoughts through the grace of the Holy Spirit working in us. Glory be to God forever.